0: How does it work, Lindsay? Sorry, I'm eating a raisin. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I could get away with it. And you came to me. Yeah. So so clothesmaster. What what if it hadn't been for you pesky kids. Oh, oh.
1: Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. Hello everybody, my name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and today, coming to you from the very exotic Milton Keynes, we have got the one and only Lindsay Williams. Hey Lindsay! I feel like I'm about to walk out on
0: stars in their eyes with that (laughs) intro. (laughs) Welcome to the show! Who are you going to be today? Jerry Halliwell. That was always who I was going to be on Stars in Their Eyes. Wow. Stars in Their Eyes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> for our listeners who are not from Britain,
1: I think Stars in Their Eyes is like a show where children dress up as pop stars and then they sing the songs of those pop stars.
0: Hey, and adults. But it doesn't exist anymore, so it's a sad, sad world in which we live you know what we had in Germany instead of Stars in Their Eyes?
1: Because our pop songs were in English, right? So, and little kids don't speak English in Germany, but they still wanted to dress up like fav- their favourite pop stars. So we had a show called The Mini Playback Show. Okay. Where they, basic, they, where they basically get dressed up like their favourite stars and
0: then they lip sync. Don't tell me they mimed. That is the... that. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to get into it because it makes me angry, but I have a sad story of my childhood about miming very sad when I was when I was 10 years old no maybe even nine maybe even nine and I went to Italy on holiday it was the first time I'd been to Italy and there was a talent show at the campsite and I took my Britney Spears CD and I sang and danced to baby one more time and there was another girl a 12 year old she was even older than me and she said oh can I borrow your CD I want to do a song too and I was like okay you seem nice yeah you can do the same song as me she mimed and she won
1: in the talent oh you did it
0: in the talent show (gasps) yeah Lindsay.
1: theft cuts me deep i know robs me deep robbed at the age of nine yeah i can't get over that you were nine years old when that song came out came
0: out yeah i think yeah 1999 yeah
1: wow wow (laughs) So anyway, you are back from your travels. What have you been up
0: to linguistically recently? Not much, I'll be honest. I've, I've been sorting out my shelf, I guess that kind of counts, <laughs> but mostly just been like tidying and then unpacking and washing and then ordering things on Amazon Prime Day and thinking, oh, now we have other new stuff that needs a home. So yeah, it's been a busy week, I guess. Yeah, today's Thursday, a week. And you've been in various different countries.
1: So I assume you're fluent in at least 20 new languages now in your year away.
0: Yes, because Mm. it is that easy. You go to the place, boom,
1: (laughs) you're instantly fluent. Later in the show, we will have more tips from Lindsay and what tips or lessons that you learned on your year away. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really excited to hear, after one year of traveling the world, what exactly you learned of what you I don't know where you got to with all of your language knowledge but before that I wanted to ask is there anything that you've been enjoying anything that you've been
0: up to recently with languages Mm. again I just being reunited with all the books I I ended up with like various little books and things over the year and then at at some points maybe three or four times we posted boxes home of stuff because like Ashley had a lot of running t-shirts as well and medals that he'd get from doing running races and um so yeah being kind of reunited with them being like oh yeah oh that's 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 it really Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's all I've done since I've been home I loved I loved you shared it on Instagram and I really loved
1: like seeing all those different books it's a pretty impressive collection and there's just nothing like a set of new language books they just seem to contain untold hopes
0: Hmm. It's like a new wave of inspiration. Like I've got my little Guarani collection now. So that's exciting. Absolutely. I
1: invested in a Chinese in 10 minutes a day. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm still I'm still not learning Chinese every now and then I text Shannon and I ask her sort of like, how do I pronounce this? Oh, I've learned this word. This is a cool new word. And then every, every time I have to end with not that I'm learning Chinese, I'm not learning Chinese Uh (laughs) because I do not wish to put any pressure on myself or, you know, for for anybody else to think, Oh, Kirsten's learning Chinese. I wonder how Kirsten's getting on with Chinese because then I will start wondering how I'm getting on with Chinese when really I'm going to get on how I get on. But I've, I've enjoyed it. And this is really weird. I don't know what's happening, but it's kind of speaking to me at the moment at the cost of Welsh. Hmm. At the cost of Welsh. Because you can't learn two languages at the same time in the same minute or very rarely. So I wonder if, if Duolingo could perhaps do, a, or Duolingo or any other app, Close Master, listen up. If you could perhaps just for me produce a learn Chinese from the source language of Welsh course. Would be ever so useful. Thank you very much, Dioclenau. Shishi.
0: I think that is the definition of niche market. (laughs)
1: Learning Chinese from well. Maybe, maybe there's more than just me, Lindsay. There's at least five of us, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) I've also really enjoyed November 13, the Paris attacks, which is a documentary on Netflix. It is in French. It's produced completely in French and it looks into, you know, those horrible attacks that happened in Paris, 2015, I believe, where the Bataclan concert hall and the Stade de France, and actually more restaurants than I was even aware of. were all attacked by terrorists. It's completely in French. And the interviews are just very interesting. And it's extremely emotive and, you know, like the, the kind of thing that you, you watch and you kind of forget that it's in another language because the impact is so strong. Right. Mm. And
0: it's, it's in
1: French. It's entirely in French yeah. and they even have they have great interviews as well. They've got interviews with the mayor of Paris and Francois Hollande, the mm. the ex-president of France. Cuz he was the president at the time and he's kind of talking about, you know, the crisis room and what this means and we weren't even sure like who's attacking us, what's happening. Oh my god, this is bigger and bigger and you you really it's so well structured. It is, I, I love documentaries and I think it's a really good documentary. And there's always something, something particularly, something particularly moving for me when it's a documentary about something that happened in my lifetime or in my, you know, recent or living memory.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I would that, cool, but that seems inappropriate. No, that's true. Interesting. There we go. Yeah. That's so, a better choice of word.
1: And, as it's Netflix, there are subtitles available in various other languages. So there's more than just English subtitles. So if you're interested and you happen to have Netflix and you're a French learner, check out the November the 13th documentary. It is a little bit hard hitting and I certainly I I ended up just not just I shed a tear, I was like sobbing on the bed going, Oh my god, this is so sad. And because it really is very sad, but it's a it's a wonderful thing to to watch because I forgot I forgot that it's in French I was just watching it and just wanted to know what happens next yeah <laughs> so I mentioned earlier Clothesmaster shall we do a little message for our well for our Clothesmaster fans and for our listener yeah as today today's episode is brought to you with support from CloseMaster. they are our official episode sponsor and Closemaster is an app that you can download onto your Android phone, onto your iPhone, onto your tablets, onto your iPad, or you can simply use it in browser. It's a fun and addictive language learning game. It's entirely free to use. And
0: how does it work, Lindsay? Closemaster, it uses high-frequency word lists built into sentences from real life. So it takes these sentences from, I think it's t- Tatoeba is the website, right? mm mm-hmm. And so everything you learn is natural content and it's, you know, stuff that if you're not going to need it now, it will be helpful in the future as you go on to learn and become more advanced in that language. And the cool thing that I love about Master is it's available. Is that real? Am I reading this right? F- over 50 languages. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, it's available uh, in over few. 50- <laughs> well, we, do you remember when you first
1: discovered master and you were like, is, they're not going to have Guarani. They've got Guarani. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they do. Exactly. They have Guarani. They've got Welsh. They've got such a range of languages and such a range of combinations. There's a 190 combinations. So I'm pretty sure we're not far off from that learn Chinese from Welsh combination. It's going to come. It's going to come. So if our listeners wanted to try out Closemaster,
0: what is the URL that we're sending them to? So it's closemastercom forward slash Fluent Show. And there's no special code. Just go straight to closemastercom slash Fluent Show to learn more today. That's it. You can try
1: it out for free. And in fact, you can keep using it for free as long as you like. If you ever want to upgrade, there is a code. The code is fluentshow, Show. And that's going to give you a little discount with compliments from us and with compliments from CloseMaster. Thank you so much for supporting the show, CloseMaster uh lindsey lindsey williams what's it like to be back after a year away i can't imagine
0: you know imagine being asked that question every time you see anyone that you know in your life that's what it's like to be back (laughs) attempting attempting to answer that question every single time and give each person just a little bit of new nugget of information so that they feel a little bit special that's what it's like to be back
1: ah so it's kind of like when people ask what's it like to be married yeah and you're newly it's wed like, and you don't want to go well yeah, nothing's different
0: it's, it's good it's good <laughs> yeah you know it's good <laughs> okay how was your year away it was it was good if it wasn't good, I would have been back after a month. It was good. <laughs> was a year away all
1: that you hoped it would be?
0: Yeah, I would say and more. Mm. There you go. Like, yeah. I mean, it was. It was. It was something we'd planned for a long time. And it was something that had kind of like morphed and changed um, a lot over time. Like at first it was like, oh my goodness, we're going to go to Papua New Guinea because I found this this crazy book in my tiny town library. Um, we're going to go there. Let's go overland. And then it was like, well, maybe that's a bit ambitious for like our first kind of long-term big trip. You know, we've both been traveling before, but never anything that long. And so we thought, okay, well, maybe i've been learning spanish i've just finished this degree let's go to latin america okay and you know and it changed all all the way along and then when we were even like as we were you know going when we were in um cuba that was a big point because we were there when hurricane irma hit so it was like (laughs) okay we're in a hurricane now right and then for Half an hour internet's very strange in Cuba, you have to get like a little scratch card and go to a public park and find a little hotspot. Um, so we just decided not to bother. And we had internet for some bizarre reason in the place we were staying for half an hour before the hurricane really hit. And we were like, Oh, we can tell family and friends we're okay, everything right. And while we're doing that, we discovered that there'd been like three earthquakes in Mexico where we wanted to go, and we were like, Oh, okay well screw you lads in america you know we don't want to be in one uh natural disaster planning to be in the aftermath of another that didn't sound much fun and so we were like well what happens where do we go where do we go and uh so then in cuba we decided we'll spend some time in southeast asia and Mm. then in we were in laos and we were due to go to cambodia and then through thailand to malaysia and singapore fly back from singapore and we were like yeah but we've got like 10 days like um, that was due to be in thailand and we were like well there's no language stories there you know we had no interviews or anything lined up neither of us was too like fussed about going to thailand if i can say that <laughs> and so we were like well there's a flight here to japan let's go to japan um and stuff like that it just happened along the way you know um and we went to brazil by accident that happened oh, not intent that was that was probably the most uh annoying part of the trip but the bit that tells the most stories i think was that we got our flight from paraguay to singapore and the first flight was wonderful ascension to sao paulo lovely jubbly and then in sao paulo we're walking around trying to find where to go and the flight board is like cancelled we're like oh okay well that means we're gonna miss our flight from london to asia good that's good they took us out the airport put us in a hotel and then, yeah, we had to, like, fight to get a new flight and go to the office back at the airport and say, look, we need to get there, we need to get there, blah, 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 blah. And so, yeah, that was a bit crazy. Um, but, yeah, it was, you know, a, a, good, a good time was had by all. Mm. It sounds like...
1: It's weird, the, the thing that you, the, the thing that made it more than you planned for is in the nature of travel, in the nature of travel being ever unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen. Mm. Mm.
0: Absolutely. You just have to kind of, you know, go with the flow a little bit. And it's, I think when you have some kind of, like we wanted some kind of structure, which is why we made language stories, um, because we... We didn't want to just go for that long and just be like, oh, there's a thing. Take a picture, take it off a list, seen that, been there, done that, got the T-shirt kind of thing. You know, we wanted to actually connect a little bit more with places and people and language stories um, was a really great way to do that. You know, so so we're really glad we did that and that gave it some structure and the same with like Ashley's run in. And um, you know he'd he would find runs in the place and I ah oh, is there is there a language story there, and how can we you know fit everything yeah. together and that was that was a lot of fun. I kind of almost missed that planning of it you know
1: but mm. yeah. well that's what that's what often you you say about travel and that's what makes it different and and sometimes difficult to be to be home and why people dream of travel because there's that constant it must be like a almost like a dopamine thing, so there's that constant stimulation of something new and the the way that when you don't have a home routine you can plan around you know you you plan around exciting new things to focus on you're sort of much more free to to entertain yourself and to consider okay like what can i you know what can i get involved in because you're so far out of what you normally do and that's that's great that's an extreme value of travel and for many people i do think it can make a big difference in terms of how you think about language learning because you're so out of your standard routine that it mm. can it can be encouraging. Although what I often see in practice is that people take it too far and put a lot of pressure on themselves before
0: they even set off. Mm, right. And, and you know, like there's a lot, I think, in terms of language learning that I, I learned from this year. Both kind of observing and observing myself, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I wrote down five things, you mm. asked me to write five things. don't we to share them now? <laughs> I asked you to write five things. you could have written six, you could you have did. written seven, I know <laughs> but, you... <laughs>
1: <laughs> but i I was very curious, and I was hoping that you know now you're back and the whole thing sort of is book ended it's yeah. It's very interesting to have to have that reflection of the whole year and really look at what what are the five takeaways that you took from a year away? Maybe things that you knew before, maybe things that you didn't consider before, or things where, you know things that people get wrong about traveling and language learning. And I just, yes, I, I'm excited to hear them. So let's go.
0: Okay. So I would say, like, following on from what you just said, that yes, most of this is stuff that I knew or felt, but then this year kind of, like, rubber-stamped it as, like, yeah. That's, that's something I really believe. Um, so first thing, numero uno, immersion is not the quick fix you need.
1: OMG! <laughs> you mean, you mean... Did you if... said say OMG? OM. God, yes. OM God. OM God. <laughs> oh my G, I don't know. Oh yes, I did. I did. <laughs> so OMG. And uh, you say I'm young.
0: Young at at heart? I can be young at heart. Yeah, of course. Say OMG to your heart's content. OMG? You're saying
1: if I go to China, I'm not going to be fluent in Chinese. If only I lived there and I had it all around me for about three months, surely I would be able to have all of the
0: conversations I desire. Right. No. Ah. Uh -uh. No way. No. You have to be actively doing something else. And I observed this with Ashley, Mm -hmm. right? So Ashley was learning Spanish for a few months before we left because we were going to be in Spanish-speaking countries for a lot of the year. Um, At the the start, we thought for the whole year, right? And in the first, we went to New York, went to Montreal, and then the first Spanish-speaking country we went to was Cuba. And in Cuba, like I mentioned, there's no i mean there is internet, but it's very sort of restricted and you have to buy a card and you have to queue up to buy that card and then you only get an hour blah blah blah. so we just weren't using internet we which meant that we weren't working as much, so that three weeks that we had in Cuba was mostly like out um you know doing stuff and meeting people et cetera, et cetera as well as that you the the place that you stay in Cuba. Most for most people, it, a place is called Casas Particular, Casa Particular, right? Casas Particulares, um, which is kind of like a B and B, but it seems much more personal than that. And in the nineties, Cuba, I think like the late nineties, Cuba opened up this idea of Casas Particulares, and they, you you get a, a private room, often with a private bathroom. Yeah, I think all of us had a private bathroom, and you get um, breakfast for like five dollars extra. And it's amazing. The breakfasts are so huge. But every morning you go out and you you order your breakfast. And so you're speaking to the people from the house or their their you know, some of them have like one or two staff, I should say, people that, that come in and work for them and do breakfast and clean. um And so you're speaking to them and you're ordering your breakfast every day. And so Ashley would go out to breakfast and he'd have his little phrase book and he'd say, oh, I want this type of egg for breakfast today. Or, you know, I want this or I don't want ham and blah, blah, blah. And it was the same language every morning you know it was repetitive and he was practicing it every day and getting through that same routine and he was learning and he learned so much in that in those 3 weeks
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
0: even, even i was thinking oh this is amazing when we get to mexico 6 weeks in one place it's going to be perfect well no here's the difference in mexico we were working a lot I was launching the online teaching starter kit so I was super super busy working with that all the time Ashley was busy with the first episode of language stories and we were working like nine to five every day right so we weren't really going out and seeing people as much as we were in Cuba and we were in our own apartment so we were making our own food you know we weren't asking someone at breakfast what we wanted every day and that was a huge difference yes we went out we saw people in kind of you know um, like Ashley did a lot of runs in Mexico. There was like one every single weekend. So he would speak to people at the end of the runs and, and at the start, you know, but it wasn't as much as it had been in Cuba, right? Mm-hmm. And even more so than that, like, you know, as things went on and as it got closer to the end of being in Latin America, it got, I think... Ashley wouldn't mind me saying. I'm sure it got very easy for Ashley to then say, oh, well, there's not much time left. Um, really busy doing other things. I won't study as much, right? And so the key to immersion, the key to being in a place, if you really want to learn a language, is not just to be there, not just to say, I'm going to go live in China for a year. Boom, I'll learn Chinese. You have to actively be doing something else. You have to actively be learning the language and using what you are immersed with to help you learn, rather than just expect it to suddenly slide into your brain and boom, you're fluent. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: I absolutely agree with that, and all of my own doing earlier was a little bit tongue-in-cheek, since I, I, like you, I. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where I've always had the feeling that that's true. I I can't speak to how well you know, like the improvement of my English that I might have had had my English not been as good as it was, because I was already at a high level in English when I moved here and it's the only country I've kind of lived in. But what that sounds like, you know, what I'm thinking is that perhaps it's the excitement and the novelty of being in a new country and all that kind of starting motivation. It's actually similar to buying the seven language books and being very excited about those. It doesn't matter Mm. what gets you excited for many people. It is a trip and this leads, and this kind of reminds me of this sort of, Fallacy that people have of utility of a language that they 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 will learn a language because it will be useful in some kind of mysterious future where they suddenly speak a lot of Chinese in the workplace and the Chinese have taken over and that that future may seriously it's not worth you know it's not worth really learning Chinese for that it's useful learning Chinese but it's just not enough and the motivation boost that you have from being in the country. Can make a massive difference. And at that point, you've got all of these human resources, for lack of a better expression, kind of walking around. And also, you've got signage, you know, you've got all that kind of extra stimulation coming in. But it sounds to me almost like after maybe three, four months, when there's only eight weeks to go, Ash certainly sounds like he became a bit desensitized to that and just went, okay, well, this is just like the signs are in Spanish and everything's cool. I don't think that that is unusual when people experience living in another country.
0: Right. So he knew the language. He knew enough Spanish to Mm -hmm. do the things he needed to do every day. Yeah. He knew towards the end that he was going back to what he was going back to the school that he that he taught at before and that he would be expected to teach french not spanish right so then it's this thing that oh well, now i have to you know so there was all these elements of like well now there's no point learning anymore because we're so close to the end and i think you mentioned as well like about how when you go to a place there's humans and it's almost like you're surrounded by resources this is another thing that's really tricky is just because you're there and there's people around you speaking this language, they're not your teacher. They're mm. not your resource. Oh my god, you know, I say this so much. You're so right. Like, you you don't just go up to someone in the street. I mean, you could go up to someone and say, "What's the time?" or "Where is the bank?" You know, and even if you know the answer to the question because you want to practice, but you kind of I, I I wouldn't do that because I'm kind of wasting my time. You know, I'm I'm getting something from them. I'm getting the language practice from them, even though I know the answer, but. I'm wasting their time. That's not fair.
1: Mm. You know, when I was a teenager, and I really was desperately keen to like speak English to real English people, and I had no access to real English people ever. Oh, you've told me this story. You would ring up. Yes, that. <laughs> I would like ring up people in England. They'd answer the phone in English, and I'd be like, <gasps> and hang up because it's very expensive in the nineties yeah. to call abroad. But also, there was—I'm telling all of my embarrassing stories on this podcast. <laughs> There was a group once, I think, of exchange students or like a travel group because I come from a, a very beautiful tourist area. So every now and then you get the kind of, you know, wine tour or cruise along the Moselle, cruise along the Rhine, you know, people doing bus holidays or something like that. And you, people come to Germany for that. People come to my, my part of Germany. So every now and then you get like a group of travel people just wandering around Burncastle, Castle, just kind of, you know, looking around, being the sightseeing tourists. And I would either follow them around, just trying to like, listen and just go like, <laughs> which really don't do that. You recruits though, if you do that. Or even once, I think I, I, there was this group of like teenage girls my age. And I was like, oh my God, you are like, you like me, except you're awesome because you're British. Like this is, I'm so fascinated. And I kind of was like, I, I went and said hello and introduced myself to them and I was like hey can I hang out with you and you know then they being very polite were like yes yeah and, and it's just the most awkward thing you could possibly do so it's sometimes sometimes people think it's their shyness holding them back but honestly people it's your common sense because what I did yeah. then is just that's
0: that's madness don't do that yeah you're right it is it is because you you just wouldn't do that in, I don't know but no it's th- it's a loony thing to do <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's a there's a positive to all this though. Numero dos, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can get by with next to no language anywhere. Is this with a caveat? Right. Is the caveat if you're an English speaker? Yes. Okay. So so here's yeah so so the the caveat. I don't think I've ever used that word in my life. The caveat mm-hmm. is that if you're an English speaker or if you speak English to. A reasonable slash high level then you can get by with next to no local language anywhere in the world most places in the world because we didn't go everywhere so i can't can't hold don't hold that to a fact right however it's nice if you can say thank you and maybe hello at a push mm-hmm. at a push right thank you at the bare, bare minimum, right? But you can, you can get by. You don't have to know how to ask where the train station is or what the time is because even if someone doesn't speak English, you can kind of mime, like, time, you know, point to your to your watch or, mm-hmm. you know, kind of say uh, train, just mime it out. But I didn't need to do that because all of the things that I needed to know, the answers were more often than not on my phone. I know that sounds, people probably listening and going, oh, millennials well in their eyes right yeah no people listening are
1: probably millennials
0: (laughs) (laughs) but it's true it's true you you know you have so much information there that actually you don't need to speak as often as maybe you did in the past and that means that even with the idea of like english is everywhere you actually don't speak to many people and maybe that sounds like depressing and like it's a sign of the modern world we're all doomed but I don't mean it to sound that way I mean it as a positive you know that the idea I think sometimes it's very scary especially somewhere like in Asia so like in Vietnam um especially like in Laos and Cambodia that was the first place they were the first countries that I'd been in a long time where I couldn't speak like I, I arrived I knew next to nothing like Hello, I think, was Mm -hmm. and I don't think I could even say thank you in Vietnamese when I arrived. Same with Lao and Cambodia, right? But and it and it's really scary when the writing looks different as well. I think people feel really intimidated by that a lot of the time. And we feel like, oh, well, I could never go there because I can't even read the the signs around me. You'll be fine. Mm -hmm. You'll be fine. So don't so 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 this is what it comes around to, my numero DOS point. This is what it comes around to. Don't let not knowing a language put you off from going somewhere.
1: Yeah, the world is open to you. If right. you're an English speaker, the world is open to you. And in this world, you're likely to have access to English.
0: Yeah. Ah. Even if you have to use Google Translate and hold up your phone to like, you know, camera translate everything you see, <laughs> you can still get around. You can still get by.
1: Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
0: This is... But... Yeah. Yeah, go on. Go on. Go on.
1: Go this on. fascinates me because I'm thinking about my dad now. Who, uh-huh. get this, doesn't speak English. And my parents came to visit me in Canterbury. And I would actually, and my dad's not a phone user. I think he he doesn't have a phone. He doesn't have a mobile phone. I think he might have one that just makes calls, but he certainly doesn't use a smartphone or know how to use a smartphone.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, he can sort of say a few words in English. He can sort of go, okay, okay, ah, yes, yeah, ha, <laughs> you're, you know, there's a lot of ha ha ha. It's kind of how I express myself too. And I'm not sure. I guess this also comes with like your your um, t- travel confidence and stuff. He's a, he's a super o- open kind of person, but in terms of confidence, it's weird, right? A non English speaker in England. I's almost less has almost less access to all the local things than an English speaker anywhere else in the world,
0: mm. yes, yeah, that's very true
1: that's nuts it's I can see why, but it's you know odd mm. like my dad is as comfortable going to France as he is going to England. It's all just you know places where he doesn't speak the language, probably knows more French than he knows English, probably
0: yeah. No, that's interesting. I've never thought about it that way around, but you're right. Like, there's nothing really translated here. Most people, you know, if you go into a shop and ask for directions or something, most people wouldn't be able to speak another language.
1: Not at all, yeah. Yeah. But not German. But- Maybe if you're coming here and you only speak Urdu or something, like one of the languages that really is widely wider spoken, you might have an easier time of it, depending on where you are. In London, okay. you've probably got a slightly easier time.
0: Yeah right. Yeah, I mean, London is very different to the rest of the country, though, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in terms of languages. But there's there's a this this feeds into my numero tres, mm-hmm. and my 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 third thing that I really was reinforced me this year is that although you can get by with next to no language anywhere, it's better even with just a few words and phrases. And by that, I am talking now beyond hello and thank you. That for me is just, that's common courtesy. That's not learning a language. That's just being a good human, right? But just knowing a few words and phrases, my God, the difference it makes. So, and weird stuff, right? And my example here is Myanmar. Now in 2011, I went there for the first time and I knew very little about the place. You know, I'd done my kind of basic research to know like, is this an ethical place to visit and stuff? And people can make up their own decisions about that is still very much um, a very personal decision as to whether or not you go there. But I went and I had just like eye-opening time and completely fell in love with the place. And I downloaded a little... A PDF from um, SOAS called Burmese by Ear and I downloaded this with the audio to my to my little laptop and back in the day, 2011, I had no internet in any of the guest houses and stuff mm-hmm. um, in, in, in Myanmar so I had to go, in the evenings that's what I would do, I would sit in my room with my little PDF and my Aww. audio and I'd try and learn bits of, of the language, you know, and it's such a good course, like it starts not with hello, not with thank you but it starts with like pudeno, uh, which means it's hot isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and we were there in like the end of the kind of hot season beginning of the of the season. <laughs> we arrived when they had the, um have you heard of like the, the water festival festival it's called thing thing yan i think it's called
1: i know nothing about in, myanmar
0: no in it's got a different name in laos and cambodia and vietnam and i think thailand as well they all celebrate it with a different name but basically it's their new year and it's a huge it's the end of the the hot dry season and it's the start of the rainy season so because it's so hot and dry like 40 degrees celsius hot and dry it's i say dry it's humid it's um it, it's all about just game wear and so there's it's insane like there's stations set up in the street with hoses like you know connected up to the um the water mains there's like people just walking around with buckets and bottles of ice water there was and this is when i decided i didn't enjoy the game anymore was when i saw some kids like lifting up a pavement tile and filling up a, a bucket with like this brown water from the, i was like oh no oh no not lovely anymore. but still it you know it was it was it was good it was a good experience mm-hmm. um but but stuff like that you know it was hot and then they'd put ice water down your neck. And the other, the next thing I learned from this course years and years ago and still remembered was it's cold, isn't it? Oh, Ideno, Ideno, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd learn how to change that into like a statement and how to change it into like a, whoa, it's really cold and stuff like that. Just with like one word fiddling about. And so... And, and another one was like, it's pretty, isn't it? Jladeno, And so we went to the park and they, they wear this thing on their faces called a uh, thanaka, which is like a, a tree bark, a ground up tree bark. It works as like a sunscreen and a face whitener and all of this. And so people wear this, this yellow... Um, bark paste on their faces. And it's really like seen as a sign of attractiveness. And so I, I went, Oh, what, what's this? I could ask. And I asked, What's this? And they said, Oh, Tanaka. And I went, Oh, she, come here, come here. She said, and she put some on my face. And I was like, Oh, I, I'm in this now, right? And then I said, I asked, then I said, Is it pretty? I said, Is it pretty? And she said, Ah, oh, hlade, hlade, hlade. And that was so fun. Just being able to say that to people i couldn't tell them hello my name is Lindsay and i'm from england and i live with a house with my husband and my pet tortoise but i could say is it pretty it's hot it's cold mm-hmm. you know stuff that you wouldn't expect to be useful every day was so useful every day and made the time there just so much more enriching and engaging and just oh lovely oh it sounds so fun it just sounds so cool mm-hmm and you're right that exclamations i think are a great travel thing to learn yeah yeah just because they're easy to remember a lot of the time they're quite short mm mm-hmm. you know so yeah i'm trying to think of uh, a list that i can write down to to know for other places i go and maybe share
1: and it's a funny well. one i was just thinking like if people are listening to this they're going to want a list you know it's it's yeah. it, it's almost within <laughs> it's almost within I'll the try nature and get it um it's within the nature of of listening to this kind of thing and i wonder if there is a list that you could do you could do one there is no guarantee that people will be able to use those exact phrases mm. so you know like but but it's worth it's worth giving a go i'd like to see it and, and yeah if you make one and put it in the show notes as well it sounds really it sounds like a really yeah. useful thing
0: i'll try i'll try and do that before the episode goes out no promises still unpacking so, all right,
1: we, we have, we have, we're recording about two weeks before we go out because we
0: are organized, okay. and I'm going to
1: Germany next week where there's no microphone. Okay. By the way. Yes. Do you know where the word caveat comes from? No. Yeah, I, I know this because I learned Latin, and caveat is the imperative of cave, which means beware. So caveat is the plural imperative. Wow! Everybody listening just just got six times more interested. <laughs> but yeah, it's cave like kavere. Uh so it's like I beware, and it's where the cave canem saying comes from as well. Beware of the dog, and caveat is basically just means pay attention, like watch out.
0: What and, about when you're carving meat? Should you like beware not to stab yourself?
1: No, that's different because cave uh, and caveat doesn't have an R in it. So the root, um. the root is different. The carve root, I don't know. Um, when I was making German uncovered, I did an awful lot of etymology research because we looked at the cognates quite closely, you know, the words related between German and English. So I've been doing a lot of digging into the Germanic roots of of our different languages, of English and of German. But carve, I don't know where that might come from. Mm. Yeah. So just a little bit of word nerdery there. Word
0: nerdery. What's your fourth point? Okay, numero cuatro. Numero cuatro. Language is warm. It's
1: hot, isn't it?
0: These these, these accidentally kind of lead on from one another. So, you know, I started off by saying immersion, it's not what you're going to expect. You're not going to just be fluent. And then even if you're not fluent, it's okay. Even if you know nothing, that's okay. But actually it's better if you know a few like bizarre phrases that you might not expect. And then number four, even if you just say in some places not everywhere but and I'll give you my example in a minute even if you just say you're learning a language oh yes my goodness and especially like um so that like a smaller language I think so like this happened in um Paraguay a lot when i would say to people oh, i'm i'm like i'd be talking in spanish so there is that Element there already that I'm speaking a language that they, that's like more theirs than mine, you know what I mean? Um, but then I just say, oh yeah, I'm here because I'm learning granny and I'm going to granny. And they'd be like, oh. And we had two people offer us to spend our time, um, spend our semana Santa, Easter weekend with them at their houses, not just like, oh, I'm going to a restaurant, you can come if you like. Oh, but wow. Like, no. Come to my house and spend Easter weekend with my family two mm-hmm. people offered us that you know and i'd said i'm oh, we're here because i'm learning grow and someone um we'd we'd been <laughs> again like ashley had done a race in paraguay he'd come third in this race so he got a little trophy and we were he was the first English person to ever run in this race series so they did a little interview and I said oh I'm here to learn Guarani can I you know speak in Spanish and Guarani and English they said yeah sure so we made this little video it's in the episode in the Guarani episode of language stories we put a little clip in the film and uh and yeah like after that one of the the organizers we were stood on the end of the road waiting for the bus and he was going past on his moped and he said oh my friend's coming in a minute, you know, she'll give you a lift, gives his friend a call. She'd never met us and she stopped and gave us a lift down to the town. It's just like, just, you know, it's it's insane. So language is warm. Just, you know, don't be weird and say to people, what is the time when you know the time? But tell people that, you know, if if it comes up in conversation, oh, I'm, I'm learning your language. I'm really mm-hmm. interested in in learning more, and you never know what opportunities it might lead to.
1: Mm. It's certainly, if you're a, a rarity, this is stronger. So if you tell a British person, I'm learning English, they're going to go, yeah, what ifs. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> or
1: even even if I say to a Welsh person, I'll do in case, it, there's still many Welsh learners, and especially in the, among the Welsh-speaking community, you have a lot of people who are learning Welsh or have learned Welsh, so that's that's quite a common thing, but mm. you can still... There's still something, you know, like if you then make it a little bit more individual and I say, oh, I'm German, I live in England, I'm learning Welsh, then you get to the point of why, <laughs> which, which, which opens conversation in an interesting way. But I remember I've had, I've had moments just like that, where you can just see somebody's face just turn into this like smile or curious and just go, what, like you're learning Polish or just me being able to say like five things in Polish. Maybe it's just the Polish people are lovely. I don't know. This, you can never say like this. Nationality is lovely. That that's not quite really quite it. Yeah. Uh, it's
0: it's
1: it's really it's it's kind of generated that warmth. So I love this language is warm. And like Lindsay says, like don't be weird about it. Like don't become all like pickup artists and like learn six words and think that you know this means like people are gonna fall in love with you. That's not the same thing. You're still you.
0: Yeah, like it's not about like getting free stuff or getting a lift Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. getting invited to people's houses. It's not about that. That that is like the the sort of side effect.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I've I've read so many travel
0: articles.
1: Yes. So many what, sorry? I've read so many travel articles where there is there is that kind of spin on it of like like how to endear yourself to these people, which then makes it sound very manipulative. But that's not what you mean. Yeah.
0: No. That's not what I mean at all.
1: No, it's it's weird. Like, is there a balance to walk? in when you're traveling, did you ever, did you ever, for like a minute, even at any point, feel like I don't know, on the wrong side of that? How How do you mean? How do you mean? Like, sort of, I don't know. Like, relying on the fact that people are going to be nicer to you because you. Speak Spanish or are learning Guarani, or the, you know, like sort of assuming that you will endear yourself automatically because you're learning the language.
0: No, because mm-hmm. and and I'll give you the example of Spanish now. Mm-hmm. Knowing Spanish, and and this is like what you what you added about the idea of when it's a smaller sort of rarer case, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, in Spanish in Latin America is not special whatsoever, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so just the fact that you can like get on a bus and ask for a ticket and pay without having to ask for them to write down the price or anything, because you just know the numbers and you can do it, even though it's a, a currency with thousands, right? Mm-hmm. That's not going to impress the bus driver. The bus driver just wants to move on.
1: Mm-hmm. You know.
0: And and in Spanish, there were plenty of moments where I remember in, in Peru, we, um we were there, we were there just before Easter because we were in Paraguay for Easter. And we were in Peru just before then. And we went on, a few like kind of tours you know like when you're following people around with a flag good god mm-hmm. oh, they were so stressful at the end i <laughs> could not hack it But anyway we went on, on a couple of these tours it's the only way to see all these inca sites and we've come out of this town into the car park and there's this tree and i'd seen this happening earlier in the day or the day before where there's a, a tree and it's got loads of like colorful plastic stools and kind of colorful toys and ribbons and all these different things that, are like, from houses and just coloured in mm-hmm. this tree, and people are walking around the tree and they're taking it in turns to, um, with an axe to go at the tree, what, to, like, to chop it down, and then they come back to the circle, they walk around again, pass the axe to someone else, and they all, and it was like, what is this? Why are they doing this? So I asked our guide, I, when we're waiting in the car park by the the bus for everyone else, I said, oh, what's this? Is this to do with Easter week? And he said, no, no. You know, mm. and I'd asked, I asked him in Spanish, but he just didn't care. And that's the that's the thing, you know, yeah, it's, it's warm and, and lots of people will be like, oh, wow, you learn learning my language, that's so cool. Especially like, mm. you know, like you say, if you kind of be really specific, you get the chance to actually have a proper conversation. But that's not going to happen with everyone.
1: Mm. Because
0: not everyone is nice just because they speak, you know, the language that you're learning yeah. and you speak the language that they speak. Just some people are just like words I guess <laughs> or
1: it's just some people just they have other things on their mind yeah, this, having a bad day, you know this leads me this or this reminds me of something you know the the the, the thought of the service interaction in particular like if they're just mm. doing their job they're not not everyone will go an extra mile for your linguistic success, and this is where we all as language learners, especially when traveling, we kind of have to keep our ego in check because when you say something in another language and you're not used to doing that and you have worked very hard towards this not only have you you know like you person you have achieved something remarkable but it's very it's it's very challenging it you it's like it's it's bad it's bad news when you've Achieved this remarkable thing and somehow you're expecting the applause from the person who doesn't know that you have achieved something remarkable and they don't care because they're just, like, I was in France in a restaurant. I had lots of conversation. My French improved so much over 10 days in Marseille. And this one guy, he was telling me where to get the table in this super busy restaurant in the middle of Marseille, like tourist, 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 uh, a million degrees. And I'm just stood there in the middle of his restaurant in the way asking where this table is and he says it and I don't understand it because it's too noisy. I didn't, you know, I wouldn't have understood him no matter what language. And I say, oh, c'est quoi And he goes, you must take the table outside. And I went, I speak French, you know. (laughs) But but he was like, yeah, but I'm busy. And I'm like, do you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough, mate. I can't expect you to pander to my personal... Like, desire like, to Yeah, French. my to my ego in that yeah. way. And this yeah. is very tricky for many language learners because I think we get discouraged when we expect applause that isn't going to come or we expect a positive
0: feedback that isn't going to come because the other person doesn't know. You're completely right. And the other thing as well is that when you do travel, unless you're going for a sort of specific language-related purpose, like you're going to a language school or you're going to like, immerse yourself in some kind of community project where you will be speaking with people who know you're learning a language, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. most of your interactions, you know, if it's a general trip or a holiday, most of your interactions will be service-based. And they will be with people who aren't your teacher, possibly, like, aren't a teacher at all and have never taught, you know, you don't know. And so you can't expect people in, in those interactions to cater to you and to your to your needs. Absolutely. You know, I often I often talk to people who who are who have speaking
1: nerves and who think, oh, when I'm in the country, I will just speak and it'll be great. And then they come back and they say, oh, I don't know, I'll switch to English, damn. And, you know, I often say to them, get yourself a tutor because what what I mean is, you know, having been a tutor for so long, it's like you're paying them to, to you know, like if you're taking a German class with me, you are paying me to... Be as patient as I will be. If you're taking a German class with any like not just German, any language, with any tutor, that's part of the service. A good tutor will be will wait for you. That's the point. And often it's you know, sometimes people have thought that I'm trying to push the agenda of tutors making money on them, which is not the point. The idea it really is this is a safe space where where you can be, where you can prep yourself and get that confidence. So that then you don't need the assurance from a person, like Lindsay
0: says, who isn't your teacher. Yeah. Exactamente.
1: Okay. Numero cinco.
0: Muy bien. Don't forget culture. Ooh, culture. So it's not just about language. It's not just about thinking, okay, so I've got this page of vocab or this little book of vocab or whatever. I've got my Google Translate. I know the words. It's not just about that. It's also about culture. It could be that right from the very beginning, the word hello differs depending on who you're talking to. Are they older than you? Are they younger than you? Should you be formal? Should you not be formal? Is it morning? Is it nighttime? You know, it could be that that is, is almost you're stumbling at the first hurdle. So don't forget about culture. Don't think of it as uh, an annoyance or a, a, a thing to just be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm only here for two weeks, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. it does matter as much as the language and so like the example that i have for this is the idea of uh, face in asia and, and and you know a lot of places in in sort of asia east asia southeast asia mm-hmm. where saving face is really important of the person that you're interacting with and you know also yourself like trying not to get angry in public and stuff like that when like you know you're stood by the side of a road and you've been dropped off there at 6:30 a.m. and your next bus connection, you know that you've you've paid for the connection but the connection isn't going to be there for an hour and there's no food open and there's mopeds flapping all about and you know it's an annoying situation but mm-hmm. you can't get annoyed because mm-hmm. you know you have to still be demure is that the word or Is it it's a, more?
1: Yeah, it's but well, demure yeah yeah sort of modest and and good natured yeah. I guess yeah, and not it's... not draw attention to yourself
0: yeah, and uh, <laughs> the other okay, so the other day, the perfect example happened of this being back in Britain and how different it is from where we've been in a <laughs> lot of places um so i I needed to uh to go to specsavers, I should have gone to specsavers ding, ding. Um, a, a few months ago, while we were away, my little routine appointment was due. So I booked my appointment. I went in and I'm, I'm stood at the little counter and I'm checking my dates and everything. And while we stood there, someone comes in and we're thinking they're on their phone, they're behind so we can't see. And they start shouting, saying, oh, the bus is blah, blah, blah. The bus is terrible. blah, 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 blah. They were like announcing why they were late to the whole shop
1: Mm-hmm. to make
0: themselves feel better about being late, you know, because it wasn't my fault, it was the bus, right? <laughs> and I just thought everywhere we've been for the past, I don't know, 3 months, you just that would you just couldn't and wouldn't do that, you know? So it's really interesting, like right away, that was like the first full day back and I was like, okay, yeah, we're back in we're back in England now. <laughs>
1: It is It is very, very different. And it, it's bizarre, right? You can absolutely startle somebody with something that you think is absolutely normal. And you need to, you kind of need to almost study up on this. Like there's no, it's so helpful to just read up a little bit on etiquette in your target country. And this has nothing to do with how many words of target language you know but especially if you're learning a few words of the target language you know often you'll hear people say well if only i can say please and thank you then i'm at least i'm going to fit in the target country and you're like no no
0: it's more it's more than that you know a big a big thing that kind of goes along with please and thank you tipping etiquette Oh my life i just wish the world i i i I hate tipping (laughs) i'm gonna say it (laughs) like pay your staff enough let's just like Worldwide, band tipping because <laughs> we discovered in most of the world it's just not a thing. And like you'd be, you know, you'd you'd go somewhere, and we wouldn't have looked up culture or whatever, and we'd try and tip, and they'd be like, "Oh, what is this?" Or you'd leave money on a plate, and then rush after you. Oh, you love some some change, you know. Mm-hmm. Most people, I, I don't think, tip. And I think the rest of the world that we should make this a worldwide cultural norm. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Well,
1: I mean, we know that the way it's done in the USA for for us as European is absolute complete madness and insanity. And I think for some people in the USA as well, it's it's sort of a, I don't know, it's a debate for another day tipping. Certainly, it's, it's bizarre. And it's sort of, it puts the onus on you as the diner or consumer to, I
0: don't know. I think you're right. Flash your cash. Like it's weird. Tipping, full stop. Discuss. Dot, dot, dot. It's yeah. Just like it's <laughs> own thing. I'm just going to leave that park over there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. that, that's for that's, another podcast. That's, that's my That's my five uh, kind of language connected tips oh. that were reinforced from my time away. So we had immersion
1: is not a quick fix and it's not the quick fix that you need. Number two. You can actually the world is open to you, you know, you can get by with next to none of the local language if with the caveat that potentially it's it's more applicable if you're on if you're an English speaker. But if you're listening to us now, you are an English speaker. Congratulations, the world is open to you. Number three, it's better. It gets better even if you just know a few words and phrases, and they don't have to be the usual please and thank yous. You know, just a little bit of commentary on what's going on can really get you very far. Number four, language is is warm. Language opens up, I don't know how to describe this, Lindsay, a little door in people's hearts, and then you can potentially walk through, but don't expect to. Oh, yeah, that's good. And then number five, don't forget culture and be interculturally aware and take that time if you travel. You know, respect the fact that this is a different place. And on that note, I wanted to recommend a book, If people are interested, the book Getting Through the Pleasures and Perils of Cross-Cultural Communication, it's written by my like, I don't know, (laughs) cognitive science homeboys, Uh, Roger Kreutz and Richard Roberts, who also wrote, uh, what's the book called, the language book that I absolutely love. Ah, I don't know. They're so similarly named that I keep confusing the names with each other. So getting through is the cross-cultural communication book. There's about a third of it is about pragmatics. So for me, having you know studied pragmatics before, that bit was a little bit less relevant. But if you've never heard of pragmatics, it's a really good introduction and explanation. And then it, it features lots of interesting examples and talks about how they are applied throughout the world and how they can change an interaction. And these are the authors are scientist cognitive scientists and they're quite experienced travelers who have lived in different places so it's worth it's worth checking out i really enjoyed it oh the other one becoming fluent so both of these books are excellent and then one day we'll have Roger on the show as well woo mm, do you have any guide or is there is there a particular brand of travel guide that you would now kind of rely on or what you would look at i I usually read i always read the etiquette book in travel guides i just the etiquette bit you know a little like it's usually a half page at the back where it's like tipping here's how it works and i'm i'm so into it but did you rely on any of that
0: Well, we didn't have, apart from Cuba, because it was really early on and no internet, we had a book for Cuba, which was Lonely Planet Book, and we used um, Lonely Planet Books on the kind of Kindle app on my iPad, where we, for Central America, we had like the full one and then for everywhere else, we just downloaded samples and stuff. And that was enough. And then, yeah, that was it really. But yeah, I I liked it. (laughs) It's funny because with Cuba... The book we had was about a year old at the time we set off. And then as just after we'd got back, there was a new one released because it's changing that quickly. So, yeah, definitely. If if people keep asking as well, you know, you said at the beginning, how was your year? What did you like to be back? The other thing that people ask is, well, where would you recommend? And I think right now, I think Cuba. mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because oh, okay, you want me to explain, um, <laughs> I thought that would be enough um i it's it's a fascinating country that really if we're talking about like understanding how other people live and other ways of life, Cuba's a very interesting place, and it's changing now, even more so since we've left like they now have new um I'm not sure what they've called him, but we'll say a new guy in charge who's not a Castro for the first time in i don't know how many years 50 60 years i think bunch of decades so yeah and now they've you know they're opening up um private property and they're making all these changes it's it's a fascinating place a fascinating time to visit cool cuba put it on your list Lindsay. thank you not in september not in hurricane season that i would not recommend extra enough
1: Lindsay, thanks so much for sharing the, your, your five tips or your five kind of, I don't know, like sort of cornerstones to share a few stories and examples from your trip. And obviously, listeners, if you have not already listened to language stories, that's where you can hear more live at various different points throughout the trip. Lindsay recording, Lindsay going to visit people and going to... Really, going going to people's homes to find out how languages live, how languages are spoken, and it's it goes way beyond just like I'm in Paraguay, people speak Spanish. I'm in Argentina, people speak Spanish. I'm in Nicaragua, people mm. speak Spanish. But instead, there is there is real digging into the the variety and the way minority languages stay alive as well. I've just listened to the episode about Guarani, and I was texting you saying, is it's, it's weird the way th- th- there's certain things that it has in common with welsh in a way it's it's been oppressed certain you know it's uh, uh, the population the speaking population was so decimated so quickly and in the show you'll hear why so that's one i definitely recommend the guarani episode and you can get those on youtube if you youtube search language stories i'm pretty sure it'll come up what's youtube search they're owned by google why haven't they called a google yet if you yugel, language I would say, story, yeah. If you <laughs> yugel,
0: <laughs> yeah. I think if you put Lindsay does language as languages, language stories, it should definitely come up. Cool, and, and it's then, also yeah, a podcast. A podcast as well.
1: I'll put it in the show and notes just too.
0: Finished. Hey, we've just finished um, recording season two. I've got the last few Skype interviews next week, and then we'll start editing season two, and that'll be out later this year as well. Which is all about Southeast Asia, I should say fabulous
1: so you'll find those in the show notes as well and the show notes are fluent.show/99 because you are right now listening to episode 99 <laughs> Lindsay you've been on over 50 of those episodes so it's it's always a joy to have you on the show it's so cool and now even cooler because you're back and you can tell all these amazing stories and I'm just so excited. So with that, I'm going to sign up for episode 99 of The Fluent Show. Is there anything else that you would like to say before we sign off? I don't think so. In that case, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. And goodbye from Lindsay.
0: Goodbye.
1: Thanks for listening to episode 99 of The Fluent Show. And thanks to Lindsay for sharing her travel tips so generously. I had a really wonderful time. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review us in iTunes, give us some stars, tell us what you think. And you can also get in touch with me by emailing Kirsten, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N at fluentlanguage.co.uk or find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show. Our next episode, Date for Your Diary, is going to be live so you can join us as we are recording you can interact with us and you can participate in our special party because the next episode is episode 100 cannot wait please go to fluentlanguage.co.uk slash 100 where you can simply leave your email address and then I will email you with all of the details that you need to know, the website that you can go to. So all you need to do is click on the day and you'll be listening to us live. You can participate, we'll have a chat going, we're gonna have a quiz and we have a lineup, star-studded, I tell you, the best people in language learning and Lindsay and I are all going to be there. I hope you can make it to join us on episode 100. So don't forget, all you need to do is just type in your email address and your name at fluentshow.co.uk slash 100 and then I'll email you a special invitation. See you guys.